0: Hey everybody. Sorry about that. Uh I clicked stop and restart the stream a little too quickly and uh screwed it up. <laughs>
1: Hello, hello. Yo, what's up? Um, oh, let's see. I think you're a little quiet.
0: Can everybody do a little mic check real quick? And say hi. Hello, is that better? Yeah. Hi. Beautiful.
1: How's it going? Yo. Beautiful. Awesome. Okay. So, thank you everybody for uh, listening in there about that little blip there. Should
0: be a-okay and not have any failovers or any big crazy things happening because last week <laughs> i think i told the story a little bit but yeah i had a crisis at work that i had to fix and um i was in the it was right as the uh, uh show was starting so i had to put over to another computer where my audio was based on on one of them and, and to get online and stuff um but yeah i made it though so it was cool um <clears throat> So yeah, um, today we're going to do episode about show and tell or do a show and tell episode Uh, part two. We're going to just talk about projects we've been working on and, uh, you know, little things that we all want to share. But the first thing, first order of business, though, is actually I have to grab the link here real quick. Um, So we're actually going to be doing a um, charity event and I'm going to just post the uh, tweet into the chat here. Um. So, yeah, basically, there's this, like, uh, thing that, that actually Mr. Elbows last week or last episode told me about. Uh, it's called Extra Life. And it's a charity event for kids uh, in hospitals, it's, like for children's hospitals. And apparently, it's, like, a 24-hour gaming marathon people do, and they raise money for each Like People donate to their pages and stuff. Um, you raise money for, um, you know, for these hospitals and stuff. And they... Yeah, so basically, like, Twitch is part of it and a bunch of other people. And I'm like thinking that we can just do a CTF, 24 hours of like capture the flag events, um, as like a, a way for us to do something similar and uh, actually raise money for it and stuff. So, a bunch of people from our um, our group here who are regulars are going to be
1: doing this with us. It's going to be 24 hours just straight like hacking on stream. We get back to the hood like Nino Brown. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're trying to figure out if we can get people to do uh, Bitcoin donations because um, people were wondering
1: about that, but I'm not exactly sure how we would. Um, we can
0: uh, if, if worst comes to worst, we could have one of the higher-ups in Crowder uh, take Bitcoin donations and sell it and donate, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. We could maybe like figure out some way to, to, to do it. But yeah, definitely we're going to try to... It's November 3rd is going to be the day that we actually do it. So once we get closer to it, we'll definitely have more info. But it's going to be a lot of fun, though, um, to do 24 hours of, of just hacking stuff. We'll do, like, uh, maybe some, like, retired hack-the-box stuff. Maybe do some, um, some like, loan hub things, some crack bees, some other crazy things. And if anybody has any um, CTF projects that they've actually been working on and they want to, like, challenge us, or if they want to make something specifically to challenge us, um, then absolutely, because everything's going to be for charity. So it'll be sick.
2: I'd just like to say uh, if Bitcoin CTF, if you hear this, um, please don't make us challenges because I know that you make troll challenges. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the other thing
2: too. Like, like yeah, I know. he'll make us challenges that are like actually impossible and be like, yeah, hack this. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You son of a bitch.
0: <laughs>
2: <That was laughs>
0: but yeah, no, I'm thinking what we could also do too is like maybe like have it so that there's um, like, like a couple hours we can spend on one at a time so we don't just like go off into oblivion of like rabbit holes and and people want to revisit them Then i totally can but definitely no one will be doing it for 24 hours straight exactly like actually just hands on the
1: keyboard hacking but
0: uh, i don't know how um like twitch works uh with how you guys stream and stuff but is it not possible at all to say have two separate teams that we could have races with i mean we we could we could do it definitely like that but um we'll definitely like have to figure it out more as the, the time comes because um, there's a couple of different ways we can do it. But if anybody does, does want to either make a challenge or get involved in actually doing it, um, sit us up on Twitter
1: and we can uh, set something up for you.
2: So, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we talked about uh, like multiplexing um, RTMP streams, which is pretty easy. There's like an Nginx module for doing it. So like yeah. we can all just run OBS on our VMs that we're working from. And just like feed them to one box and then that will just go to twitch we can switch switch uh who are looking at it you know whoever's active at the time you know if someone goes to sleep they get turned off and
3: yeah yeah, yeah. You know, so
2: somebody's definitely. sitting there like asleep on the keyboard with uh yeah. like ls is the last thing in the terminal and their faces on the table yeah no
0: definitely like it'll be a lot of fun i think because it's I feel like a lot of people here, we all do, like, CTF stuff together, but it's, like, it's hard to do it together in real time and, like, to see, like, what people are actually doing. So it'd be definitely really cool. And we could also probably put some Twitch bot integration stuff in the chat to, like, change it over, switch cameras or switch views or whatever and see what everyone's up to. So, yeah, it'll be sweet. I'm excited for that. But, yeah. what's um, the uh, What was the date that we're doing that? November 3rd.
2: November 3rd. So before November 3rd.
3: Yeah.
0: I'll grab that. And also donate if you can. Um, so, yeah. So, keep on with the theme of the show and tell. Does anybody have any new projects they wanted to share or anything cool that they've been working on lately?
3: Not uh, really anything really. new.
0: But uh, what, do you, what do you got? Oh, I don't know. i just been, actually, I'm glad Jin's in here because um Jin created a, a bot for discord that's really cool and uh, it's written in go and we him and i have been working on um
1: like adding to it and stuff so i spent a lot of this weekend just like learning go and uh making bots and it's been really fun because like i haven't <laughs> had to learn go before i i had to use it for other things but most of the time i'm just like
0: well i'll just write it in python
1: I think the the
2: disassembly thing is awesome. That's a really cool feature that uh, makes like a sweet use of uh, the syntax highlighting that's built into Discord as well.
0: Yeah, I found out that uh, Discord has syntax highlighting for assembly and a bunch of different types of assembly too. I found that there's x86, ARM, and MIPS that are all supported so far. It's like uh, you do three backticks, and then right after the three backticks, you type like x86asm and uh then you type your assembly output and then three more backticks and it's just a perfectly like a uh, syntax highlighted code block of
1: uh assembly which is cool because i i didn't know before i like, could actually access that and um so yeah you guys are sharing assembly for any reason
3: <laughs> so yeah
1: um i don't even know anybody doing anything cool this weekend in general
0: um. Not really, man. I've just been melting because obviously I'm used to like five degrees Celsius, and now it's thirty degrees Celsius. Yeah, no, it's been really hot. <laughs> like, sucks. It's like a hundred and one degrees today, and humid. Went...
2: I've been, uh, I've been slowly porting my um uh, the the library that the underlying library I was using for Git indexing um to the latest uh, version of um git repositories or to support the latest version of git repositories so that's the tool I wrote like quite a few years ago now git money actually works again. Um,
0: so, what does that tool actually do like what is the Let me go so
2: the work. Git money um I did, uh, there's a slide there's a there's a slideshow up on a uh, share of when I first released it um, but basically, Actually, there's a few YouTube videos as well, but w- what it does is, um, and unfortunately, there's a crypto project of the same name right now, which sucks. They didn't, yeah. Anyway, not to be confused with that. Um, so, what Git Money does is it will uh, rebuild your your Git trees from the main index. So, if you have a web server, say that exposes uh, the .git directory, um, you can read the config, read the read the index, and then it will systematically go through and download all the other related files, which isn't a unique feature. Um, but the thing that I I did add to it was uh, the ability to uh, use LFIs um, and other bugs. So uh, you can use an LFI with a regex, so wherever the, the file include is, so like include the git config, add your regex, and then it will use that same regex to systematically pull out all the files, re- rebuild it, rebase it, and then you'll end up with uh, the repo from from a remote, like through the remote web server. Cool. cool. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. I've got some some of the new um, some new art in there from the uh, the Thug Crowd uh, Figlet uh, repository that, that okay, you worked yeah. on. Oh yeah, that's a
1: that's been a cool
0: project too. Oh yeah, that's another project. Is trying to I'll post a link that to that too. Um, yeah, I was trying to make some actually like new figlet fonts because there's not really that many. Like when you go to like I don't know when you have like Pi figlet or any of the other like uh, what's it called? Um, well, I'm gonna try to grab the correct repo for it because the Thug Crowd one is the one that has it. Yeah, basically like I was trying to make some actually like cool new figlet fonts and they're they're like hard to come by. I'd say people aren't making them
1: as much as they used to anymore. So you see a lot of the same ones like over and over again, and it's like I don't know. It's, <laughs> a lot of them are very old. And they're kind of tired. When you see like ANSI Shadow or like Elite on like some
0: something, and you're like, ugh. But then we're looking at all the NFO files that we were like playing with before, and like there's just some beautiful fonts that people like have not made public before. So that was the other thing too. We were doing uh, what's it called? I'm not logged in to get on this computer again.
3: Um, hold on one sec. Throwing this in here.
0: Okay, yeah, so this is actually really cool. We were, uh, Shell was in here doing this with us and um, Null with a K is also helping um, to basically like go through all these NFO files that were from um, PSP like Wares groups and they have, like, really amazing, amazing ASCII art in there. It's, like, really incredible. <laughs> I'm very impressed by it. So we were like, we we're basically stripping out all of the content of them and making, um, uh, like, templates of all of the different NFO file uh, themes and then putting them into there. But if you ever need any cool ASCII art, like, definitely look through some of that stuff because there's some really awesome, like, boxes and lines and headers and things like that, which is sick. So all my text files that I've been using for... Logs and stuff like that. All these crazy ass like, uh, like, ASCII art in it now. That's awesome.
2: We should uh, should point out as well that you link uh-huh. to the thug Crowd GitHub, which is an organization that uh, if you've got some cool thug shit and you want to work on it in our Discord with other people, if you find people to work with, then uh, yeah, you can put it there and be collaborative.
0: Yeah. Now, that's a big thing. I feel like we're trying to, like, work on stuff together now, and it's 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 tough. It's not easy to, like, code with other people. It's not easy to share your code, especially if you, like, are self-conscious about it, like a lot of people are. Um, we, like, are afraid that someone's going to make fun of you for having some shitty function that's, like, redundant or something. But at the same time, you, like, are able to, you know, when you're more conscious of that and you have people that you, like, kind of can trust, um, you know, can help you out instead of just, like, like spamming you and calling you a skid.
2: Yeah, I think as well, if you write some shitty code, that's what, and like, I used to be really worried about doing that exact thing, putting up code that was just, uh, like, so I've got some code that is on GitHub that isn't fantastic. That's, that's definitely for sure. Um, but if you don't like it, please
1: submit a pull request. <laughs> like, <laughs> send help. Yeah, I actually like I've been posting uh,
4: code on GitHub lately. I'm quite a lot of lines, thousands of lines of code. And my basic feeling is that, like, everybody, like, I'm putting it out on Twitter. Everybody's liking, retweeting, super awesome, but like, no issues, no pull requests. And I know for a <laughs> fact that there are tons of bugs in there. So, like, either, like, nobody's using it, or they think that it's so disgusting that that, like, I can, they just don't even want to mention it anymore. Like, no issues, no nothing.
3: Can you hear me?
5: I did. Maybe no one cares as much as you do. Maybe maybe you're overly, you know, self-conscious
0: about that. Yeah, or they could even, like, not really care about the bugs themselves, and just, like, I mean, if I face something that's buggy, I, I rarely, I think I've done one pull request before, just one. But most of the time when I find like really old repos, especially if it's like, oh, five years ago, but like you you download it and you do your thing and you realize it it doesn't do what you want and you just add whatever to it. You can just like I don't know. I never really share the code that I end up fixing when I do find buggy code.
2: I find it funny like um when you first put a repo up that some people like um so, like for example, I've got uh, a a couple of exploits that I put up for uh, like some Bitcoin stuff and whatever um, that's on my GitHub, and and people click fork, like they don't they they want what they want is clone, but they don't know what they're doing, so they click fork, and you think oh yes, someone's forked my code, they're going to actually contribute, and then you just like look at their uh, their GitHub, they got like no stars, no followers, like. They just don't know how to use GitHub. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know that. I know <laughs> that feeling. I know that feeling. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh,
6: they're
3: gonna help. Oh, oh fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's, it's definitely hard. I'm glad that like people are contributing to stuff now, and like, and especially in the Discord is the two have been like trying to like actually like, like I've been actually answering issues. Like, local
1: put an issue on on the Figlet font um, repo, and I fixed whatever it was, or the thing that was. Uh, having an issue with.
0: And like, I don't know, just like, oh, cool. People actually care. And they just have an actual legitimate issue
1: instead of like, I don't know how to set it up, like, which is the other thing we'll do. But yeah. Yeah, anyhow, so like,
4: back to the original question, if I may. Sorry, I'm extremely microphone shy. Probably you hear it from my voice. We're excited you're on. I, I have like tons of. Projects that I have worked on and I am working on lately that uh, I'm okay. Like most of it is in GitHub, so I can talk about it. I don't know what your guys' interests are because I don't know any of you. I've been just like uh, listening to this channel. I mean, to this uh, stream uh, occasionally. Like I started like re-listening all the previous uh, editions. But uh, so basically. One of my main, uh, let's say, project that really grew on me was uh, ppcats that I put out like two weeks ago, which is basically like the uh, pure Python implementation of Mimikatz, apparently yeah. you guys know Mimikatz.
0: Yeah, you shared that. I'm, I was looking at it, but I didn't get to play with it.
4: Yeah, so like that one, like if you, if you guys want to go into like deep level of Microsoft security and whatnot, uh, I would advise you to, to check the code, well, either Mimicats or Ppicats, depending where you are like, proficient with C, I'm not, or Python hence the, hence the whole project, uh, which is one of the reasons why I actually uh, implemented it. So it's not like uh, you know Python interfacing with DLL shit, but it's like actually working on Linux or Mac OS or whatnot. And it can parse
1: mini dump files. And it can spit you out all the credentials. So I think that's what, that one was cool. it's uh, really awesome. Uh,
4: yeah, like um, other project, like uh, what I was listening, there is this guy, I forgot his name. He, says that, uh, he has an avatar of a green dog or something. <laughs> no, <Pike>. uh, also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy. So like he's always talking about SDR and uh, GSM and GPS and whatnot and i do have a project that's kind of like stuck uh, 6 or 7 years ago i mm-hmm. don't know uh, which is basically i don't know how familiar are you guys with uh, gsm systems uh, uh, how, the key, how the key distribution is going on in, in gsm basically on oh, your okay. sim card
0: yeah i have no idea on that level
1: <laughs> i
4: know I, uh, I, I, I once upon a time
2: worked Quite closely with it, but like that was once upon a time, and my brain is—I
1: yeah, can't I what have...
4: spec is. So I've—I've I've been like uh, I used to work at a large telco uh, back in the days, and I was like really fascinated. I'm always fascinated with hardware and radio frequency stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had this idea that okay, maybe uh, I could be doing a project now that this Open BTS is out and i can emulate my own base station so like uh, that's great and all but uh, how does the uh, let me catch my breath sorry so how does this uh, how does the key distribution work like how does the mobile phone knows the secret key <coughs> which is uh, used to encrypt the traffic yeah uh, and uh, custom null uh, at the time uh, made this awesome rainbow tables For actually cracking the A5/1 encryption, which is used, but I was uh, so that that was already like something that everybody knew of. But I was much more interested in how the uh, how to get the the actual key. Maybe I can sniff it. So basically, I purchased um, a SIM card uh, sniffer (coughs) application. I mean, it's basically a hardware that uh, just uh, uh, basically, like, you put in your SIM card, you put in your, uh, like, a small dummy SIM card in your phone, mm-hmm. you put the SIM card in your hardware, and there is, a, like, a serial port, or I cannot really recall, something like that, that connects to, to your computer. And uh, the Osmocom guys, I think it was Osmocom guys, I cannot really recall. It was long ago. Anyhow, so they made a Wireshark dissector to dissect the traffic. So when you turn on your mobile phone, your mobile phone starts communicating with the GSM network and also with your SIM card. <coughs> now, on Wireshark, you can see the, the traffic, uh, the messages, and uh, also the key exchange. Uh, I mean, the crypto material is being sent through. That one is completely unencrypted because the way that it works is that uh, all SIM cards have uh, a secret key inside of them, which is a symmetric uh, key that's referred to key I. And basically, it's a challenge response protocol uh, in which uh, the secret key is being used with the uh, the random number that's being generated on the backend on the GSM network sent to your sim card via your phone then your sim card basically like does like applies an algorithm and this is i'm talking about uh, i will be talking about this algorithm and uh, the output of this algorithm is uh, basically like 16 bytes or so and it's separated into two different blobs one of the blob is back is being sent back to the to the gsm network uh, as the authentication so they like the GSM on the backbone uh, verifies applies the same algorithm because they know your secret key. It's inside of the authentication controller in the in the MSC, whatever. Like I I don't want to throw uh, abbreviations. <laughs> it's a bit late. Yeah. So uh, um, and the the rest of the blob is actually used as a secret key that is going yeah. to encrypt your communications. VDA five slash one slash 2 or slash 3, depending on which poor country you are living in. Uh, and also, like this is only applicable for GSM, not for 3G, and not for 4G. However, the key-derivation mechanism is still used uh, and is the same uh, algorithm that has been used since the 1990s.
3: Yeah.
4: No, oh. 1970s, whatever. So basically, this algorithm is referred to as uh, A, A8 or COMP128, it has three different versions. Now, the reason why it has three different versions is that uh, in 19198, I think, the first version of the algorithm was uh, extracted by a group of researchers. And they did some cryptanalysis on this. And the output was this cryptanalysis is was that uh, this algorithm is actually leaking the secret key uh, because uh, it's prone to the birthday uh, paradox attack, whatever. Okay. So then, what this resulted in is that uh, <clears throat> from that point onwards, people uh, with, a, uh, with a, a small PCB fabricated uh, to communicate the SIM uh, to connect the SIM card with the serial port of the computer. Basically, we're able to extract the secret key from their SIM card and put the secret key in a dummy SIM card or in another SIM card, uh, essentially performing cloning. Now, yes. the um, how to say the network operators did not like it a bunch, and also the, it has uh, some serious uh, other type of security implications. Like just that, like if I con- if I clone your SIM card. That means that uh, I will be able to decrypt your traffic because of the key. It does not—it does not correlate with the cloning itself. But mm-hmm. if I cl- clone your SIM card and I put it back to a different uh, to my mobile phone, that there is a huge chance that I will be receiving your SMS. Which, uh, like, if we are thinking about factor authentication, that kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, so what I well, I was like really interested because the this whole like A5 and A8 and Comp whatever abbreviation algorithms they don't have a name and the reason why they don't have a name is because when the GSM standard became a thing, then they said that like we should be uh, <clears throat> we should be creating um, algorithms both for encryption and for key generation. Uh, and these algorithms' security should be based on the fact that it's secret. We are not publishing it, and we are protecting it by copyrights. And at the time, the, uh, this whole GSM standard was written, with, uh, written by three or four large corporations like Ericsson, Siemens, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And as of, as of right now, they, these corporations are holding the rights to a lot of uh, algorithms, not just the not just the uh, not just the secret part that I'm talking about, but also there is a reason why you don't see a baseband chip, uh, which is completely public, like the source code is not public. Yeah, yeah. For any for, for any of the baseband chips, and mm-hmm. one of the, one of the main reasons is that the code itself contains uh, algorithms that are protected. Uh, and that are belonging to these corporations that are still receiving uh, um, royalty fees uh, from co- for Qualcomm or from whatever producer.
1: Yeah. And uh, that's so uh,
2: that's pretty interesting, So Just on that point, like I did a bunch of stuff for uh, for Ericsson and stuff years ago. That's why I was saying um, I, I can't remember half of this shit. But um, there is definitely on. A lot of like Sierra Wireless, Ericsson, uh Ericsson uses Sierra Wireless, uh, Qualcomm and some other chips, you can dump the baseband from the hardware as well. Um, it's possible. Um, and also from the uh another th- a thing that I might know of, of being done was uh people buying uh that were being provided by um being provided by telcos as like, oh my phone ha- my house has no uh you know no uh, is in a black spot and then reverse engineering uh the femtos, which a lot of them had like um uh resin and stuff directly over the chip that contained the secrets so it was pretty interesting as well.
4: Yeah, I mean I, I used to be I used to be hacking Femto cells, uh, totally rigid. So like I know that it's going to be Uh, Recorded, so only for legit reasons. And basically, uh, sorry, (laughs) I just said we're characters, this is a fictional show, so yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, with femtocells, basically, like if you get hold of a femtocell that is still active, uh, then basically, like you can, uh, as of right now, uh, like just uh, listen to the calls that people are making who are attached to your femtocell uh, because, like, on, on I'm talking about GSM 3G and 4G, they are, like, setting-specific because, like, uh, the, the newer standards, they do actually or can, I mean, not, not mandatory, but they can encrypt the calls between uh, your phone and the, uh, and the backbone system. Now GSM cannot do that. GSM only encrypts the call on the uh, on the air. So yeah, like the, the
2: way that I saw around that was uh telcos were uh using IPsec I mean uh I didn't see it, someone else saw it. They were using IPsec um backhauls uh for uh the Femtocell. So the yes. the secret for the, the IPsec secrets were also uh in might have been
4: in those uh these resin-covered chips. Yes, but the point is that, like, if you are hacking the Femto itself, then like you essentially, let's say that uh, you know how uh, serial, how how to attach, uh, like some pins uh, to the serial port of your computer, and basically that is it. Uh, not much. Actual like hacking is required in a sense that like you need to go like uber hacker mode and you know like uh, I don't know like modify bits uh, with laser in the chip or whatever <laughs> because because the original version I mean the few uh, few I mean even nowadays you can find uh, femtocells that uh, that do not employ any type of protection on themselves yeah. and that point and it's just a Linux box. So, and yeah. you have like a root console that you can attach to your computer. And from that point onwards, it doesn't really matter, obviously, if, uh, if a VPN is employed. And- I just, uh, I've just linked, sorry, just to the um,
2: Twitch chat as well, the SS7 map, which uh, you can search by country, which will show you uh, providers that are leaking SS7 keys. SS7, <laughs> you know, the same problem since its inception.
4: Yes. I mean, SS7 was absolutely not written with security in mind. Uh, also, like, yeah. Anyhow, so like, but, but good thing that you mentioned this FemtoCell stuff because, like, uh, the FemtoCell's posing a threat not only to the, uh, to the end user whose calls you can spy on or whose, whose OTP, like, one time pad code you can read uh, on your computer because you have a, a FemtoCell. But also they are posing a threat to the uh, to the backend as well, because you are directly like with, a v, with this VPN channel that you mentioned, you have a direct access to the backbone of the provider that gave you the the VPN. Right over, yeah. over, some good stuff. And, that's, and then like otherwise, like you can have the same access by uh, by going to a base station, breaking in or like breaking in and entering. As I learned from the chat uh, a few days back, (laughs) Um, (laughs) essential English Uh, phrases, volume one. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, English is not my native language. So so the the thing is, like, you could you could you could uh, break you can break into um, to a base station, and you would have the exact same ex uh, ex type of access that I just described to you. Maybe even more, but Hey man, like you, can order, you can order a femto sell from your whatever provider, and it's worldwide. so like if you want to tap into the, the Chinese tacos, then you can order fem to sell from China from whatever operator if there are multiple like I don't really know how open Chinese market is currently in the, in the taco sector uh, and then you have like direct VPN access to uh, the, uh... to basically whatever. Uh, whatever foreign uh tackle center.
2: And that's the five. Chinese. Uh, so on that SS7 link that I, uh, I, I linked before, the country I used was China, and that ranked 164 out of 164. So that's
4: the the worst and lowest shittiest <laughs> network there is. There you go, China. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> and, now, and now you're now you're wondering why are there. Uh, People who are selling uh, other people's location uh, based on their phone number as a service on tour, like
2: yeah,
7: what what are well, we what are
4: we even talking about? We've
2: actually talked about that on the show before. Um, yeah, location as a service is a thing that telcos do provide for money and for not money. Um, there were some that were doing it as open, like you could uh, you could get a demo. To see if it would work from some that not Dan was talking about. And uh, I've seen it used in telcos for like law enforcement reasons and stuff as well. But it's basically, you know, type in phone number, I mean, whatever, find person. Yep. It's
1: and, like uh, that, I think
2: and that I accuracy is like what, 20 meters or something in a in a populated area.
4: I don't know. I cannot comment on this because obviously I have never heard about what you are just describing and I never ever like tried any of these services but uh, where was I yeah sorry going back to the going back to this algorithm mess uh, so I was interested uh, to see what is happening uh, since I cannot reverse a SIM card just by hand because they are kind of like protected against like normal abuse obviously like if you give it to some Companies that uh, how to say that are proficient in hacking up smart cards because like essentially SIM card is a smart card. You can load applications on it. You can like even 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 your operator can load applications on it. They have the secret keys to do that. Uh, and back at like I don't know like two or three years ago, Google said like okay, no fucking way. We are not giving these type of applications. Root access to our Android devices, but like if you have like an earlier version, uh, like an earlier phone that is not updated, then still basically those applications that are running in your SIM cards they have like really massive access to the internal system of your phone, and these applications can be installed silently without any user uh,
1: um, acceptance or acknowledgement, so you don't even see it. Yeah. Anyhow uh back to the am I still on by the way because it's getting a bit like <laughs> you're still off. on <laughs>
4: <It's weird. laughs> okay so um back to this uh, algorithm story um okay long story short uh i went onto ebay and i was searching like like uh, what gave me a clue is that obviously like these sim cards need to be tested that they need to be manufactured and they need to be tested somehow somewhere right Yes. And uh, so I went on to eBay. I was like searching, And there was this guy from uh, Far Eastern Europe who said that like, he's, he somehow has an automated like machine that is verifying SIM cards. I mean And then he gave me a specs. I mean, it was out on eBay, but that was like years ago, many years ago. And like, I was like, whoa, like this this tool might be even like doing something that I'm interested in." So how about not attacking a smart card, which is like uber protected and small, and my hands are big, so I cannot even touch it. Uh, so I basically pick up the uh, like I wrote a message to the guy, like, "Hey, guy, like." I can I can give you money, like not that much that this whole tool costs, but do you have any like client application that this that this uh, hardware or whatever you are selling uh, is, com- com- is coming with? So and he said like yeah sure. So for roughly like thirty dollars, I managed to get the client application, and that client application actually had the implemented algorithms. I <laughs> kid you not. Nice. For for these, uh, for these secret algorithms,
1: really? Uh,
4: yes. <laughs> the worst part is that they were like written in Delphi or not even Delphi, like Pascal or something. I don't know. So I, I, don't. I was like, oh my god, like I cannot believe it. The reason why I know that they are actually working is that on the same company that I purchased the uh, SIM card sniffer from. They were selling dumps, uh, like dummy SIM cards as well, like programmable, sorry, programmable SIM cards. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I broke prob-
0: applications, like SIM card applications, that were the, I don't remember what it's called,
4: the smart applications that are on SIM cards themselves. I was, I was thinking about like, going into that area as well. I was writing, uh, I, not many. So I, I wrote a few dumb applications for smart cards, Okay, uh, yeah. for, for Java cards. Java Card, yeah, that's what it is. But, but like each time I'm trying to write uh, an application for Java Card is like like I don't know maybe like like kicking the balls would be um, a preferable alternative than than actually yeah, writing.
0: Yeah, you use like a really really old rich. SDK. It's like a really old proprietary SDK that's like you have to like have a license for. But there's like cracks of it. I'm trying to remember because I I look into that before too, and it's just ridiculous.
4: Oh no 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 no! Uh, uh, I can I can give you some info on this, so if you want oh, cool. to get into this, because <laughs> I hate Java, but sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's not about and it's not about Java. It's not about and hating Java, but like the Java cards are 16-bit Java uh, virtual machines. Yeah yeah. So like each and every time that uh, you are trying to. Uh, do a mathematical operation with two variables, like you have to declare these variables, but you cannot use int, because int like integers, like Java integers are not in the framework, like only from a certain version of Java cards and above. So like each and every time you have to declare a short and you need to cast each and every variable to a short, so like your code is basically looking like short something equals short something. And I'm like, Jesus, man, like, do we? Anyhow, the information is that there is uh, a Java card uh, SDK, which is completely free and which is usable and stable. And it is basically written by uh, a manufacturer uh, in Brazil, a manufacturer for Java cards in Brazil who can uh, on request, change uh, certain regions in the card before shipping it to you for unknown reasons. Uh, I'm not going to say it why. But uh, basically, like with, with, this, with this small trick, they can make your Java cards look pretty close to an already existing type of card that you use for grabbing cash out of ATMs. Sure, Fiction. yeah. The uh,
3: this is a family well, show.
2: This was the entire basis of the EMV preplay attack, right? Was uh, because uh, with EMV, when with like paywave type stuff, um, the idea is that the challenge response, the terminal generates the, the random challenge, and the card actually denotes the length of the random challenge, and so the length could be shortened to, I think, two bytes rather than. You know a longer uh, a longer amount of bytes and then um that length was never actually checked by the issuer the card issuer at the other end so when you had the whole you like people were just uh using androids to brute force the challenge response on EMV, um like this is part so it's actually not direct that EMV that is meant to be used it's part of a mag strap fallback um method yep. And then um, yeah, and then the Java cards uh, were just basically a lookup table. So going oh, you know the challenge is one, so the response is you know n.
4: So, yeah. I, um, I I wasn't aware of this what you were what you were saying. Actually, why I was needing it is that uh, like I wanted to write an application. Uh, oh, we are getting away from this uh, SIM card algorithm, but yeah, whatever. So, I was trying
1: to write, uh, write an application that can emulate uh, MyFair cards on a Java card, directly. Mm-hmm. Long silence? I don't know what that means, so... Uh, did, what,
4: what, uh, what was your target MyFair version? Uh, the, the old one, so not the Deathfire, the, the, the MyFair Classic. Classic.
1: The Mifar yeah, Classic, but, yes.
4: Yeah, yeah, there's but, like
1: the
4: but, you know, 1K no, 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 no. I was talking about the Desfire, not the classic, not the classic. I was talking about the Desfire. So, like, yeah, if yeah. you check my, if you check my GitHub repo, because I had an assessment where I had to assess the Desfire cards, and uh, like uh, the Desfire protocol itself is not documented anywhere. Again, it's kind of linking back to this like big corporations creating their smart cards, and they expect you to buy. Like uh, like if you want to develop it, then they expect you to buy everything like the SDK, the protocol uh, description, and whatnot. Now like and they are only releasing under NDA, and no matter how far I was searching in the depths of Google, uh, I could not find any protocol uh, specification. I just at first like I wasn't thinking about implementing it in Java Card. I was thinking about like implementing my own application that can talk to this card so I can do some security shit with it because I like to do security shit uh, So the solution for that one was that finally, I found a guy who who sounded uh, who sounded really weird to me, so basically he came up he said, said that like oh, I'm like a Java card, what, not, not J- Java card, but like I'm a, an embedded system developer. And I had a problem that uh, I wanted to apply security for my garage door. And Desfire comes with uh, built-in awesome security features. And, the, and it really does, by the way. So And he was like, yeah, but uh, like I had no uh, knowledge on the protocol itself, so basically, due, due to reverse engineering or whatever shit he does not want to disclose, he wrote uh, the entire library for interfacing with this in, um, um, in C, but for micro- microcontrollers. And I was like, oh, cool. But I don't want to have it in microcontrollers. I want to have it in Python. And therefore, I ported the whole code into Python. Uh, it's out on GitHub, by the way. Is that using uh, libNFC, or are you just let Rodog in it? No, no, no. That, that's the thing. Like, there is no need to use libNFC uh, for, for this one, because Deathfire is uh, conforming. I mean, the, <clears throat> the transmission layer. Well, sorry, I don't know which is the word. So like layer 3, let's say, is conforming to the ISO standards, unlike the, the classic MyFair. Yeah, 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 so awesome. but, uh, that means that, means that with, uh, with any smart card reader, uh, I, I really hate the term smart card reader, by the way, because, like, why is it a reader? Like, it can communicate, it's like a smart card interface, but, uh, it can write to it, uh, given the opportunity, whatever. So, like, the smart card reader itself uh, can interface with the Desfire card, but, like, you would need to know the, uh, the the protocol above layer three or above layer two whatever but I don't know how to count the layers from for smart cards. But basically with the with the C S D whatever daemon in Linux, like you can you can interface with it. And like Python has a library for interfacing with this daemon. So like you have the channel. So my code is above that. And it works like a charm. So um, it can it can even like enumerate the the card uh, at least tell you what applications are there if uh, it's enabled on the card. So like it's just security assessment. It doesn't do like any intrusion or or whatnot. But I think it's a great tool. Uh, if anybody is into deskfire, then feel free to uh, to check it out. Um, even the test three is uh
2: that's what's used for the public transport system uh where I live. It's quite. So it's pretty common. That's three, version the, three. The, you
4: the, yeah, version uh, three of this file. Well, I mean, most of the public transportation systems are using version two. Uh, my library is for version two, but uh, I think the the only main difference is uh, not in the protocol itself, because that would render basically the readers unusable. Uh, that that is that is a pain point for all the smart card in transportation systems and whatnot. That like. You buy the system, then it turns out that your card is shit because the because Siemens decided uh, to use uh, security by obscurity and come up with their own cryptographic algorithm. Back in the days, this is how like my fair classic uh, fuck up happened, and uh, and then then you have no no other way than to replace each and every reader with a new one with a different like version because like. If the card is different, obviously, like your reader needs to match it. And this is why they, this is most likely why they introduced
1: the, the ISO, I don't know the standard, but the ISO comf- uh, compatibility for, for test fire. Whoa! Well, again, like too much silence. <laughs> I'm starting to feel insecure now.
0: Yeah, I mean no, no, no um, don't don't care about it at
4: all.
1: This
0: is something I've never played with, and it's like I'm just amazed at all the work you've done. Just looking at your repos and stuff. Just like, whoa.
4: <laughs> yeah, this finally is... finally I get something to check out my repos. <laughs> yeah, definitely,
2: dude. Yeah. This is uh this is some really so, cool stuff. I mean, like I've played with the the NFC stuff just with the Proxmark and whatever's like out of the box compatible. But you've uh like you've gone to the next level. Um I bought a Raspberry Pi hat for NFC ages ago and um before I bought my Proxmark because I figured like it was a cheap alternative and um I realized that you, you needed to actually code everything from scratch. I was like, fuck that, I'm in a hurry. Like <laughs> I started using a Proxmark and I sort of like never really got deep
4: into it. But uh this uh, stuff is really good. It looks like you've packaged it really well as well. Uh yeah, I mean the code I mean for Death fire. Thank you very much, but like uh, it has one tiny bit of stuff. Is that like if anybody can or wants to help me, is that uh, there is in order like in order to communicate with the Death fire card, uh, you would need to uh, of course authenticate. So let's say that like we know the key and whatnot, and we would like to I don't know like increment the uh, the debit uh, on your card so like you can ride your ass to Taco Bell or whatnot. Uh, with the bus, so the thing is that uh, I can do the encryption okay, but for the message authentication code generation, I fail, and I do not understand why I fail. Uh, and I tried like for countless of days, I tried to to get it right, but I still cannot get it right. So like the library works without it, but only for the first message, but because the message authentication code is correct for the first message. And, I, and I'm like, I'm forgetting to increment something, whatnot. But let's not let's not discuss about my shitty code. Uh, can we go back to the Can we go back to the algorithm, like GSM algorithm stuff? Sure.
0: What? Yeah. No. Hey, actually, somebody had, if you wanted to take a quick break from even that, like, or just explain a little bit more, because I don't know if everybody in here knows about this. Um, somebody, err, MG had asked if we could. Talk a little bit about the specific birthday attack and what it means it's for generating hash collisions. And I feel oh like God. i a person to
1: uh, discuss that for the people who are listening.
4: Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Not me. I mean, uh, that, is the, that is the sole reason why I brought up this algorithm part is that uh, I use encryption algorithms quite frequently. And I kind of understand the basic, like the building blocks on how they work. And uh, I consider myself proficient with it. I also like, understand basic attacks, not the birthday part, though. So like, I understand that like there is, uh, because of this, par- uh, this birthday type of attack, the, uh, the output of this algorithm, uh, the, I mean, the, the bits, uh, the output bits of these algorithms, uh, on certain positions, they are matching the, the uh, secret key bits on the same positions. And that's all I know. Like, why they are doing this? What was the problem? I have no idea. And th- that is the reason that I, I want to say it, like, after why I brought this one up. Like, if anybody, seriously, like, anybody knows some cool cryptographer guy, please <laughs> help me. Like, 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 seriously, like, I would like to see this one. I wouldn't understand why, why these uh, crypto like breaker guys are doing. Or I mean, I kind of have like vague ideas, but not the maths and whatnot. Like yeah. this algorithm, this algorithm needs to be checked because I'm not a cryptographer, but it looks that similar to the
1: original algorithm. They just replaced a few uh, a few blocks. Yeah. And so could, uh, cryptography stuff. I, I wish
0: Dakota was in here Um Plays around crypto a bunch, but that the math part of any cryptography stuff, like I understand the context of it on the basic level, but uh, yeah, looking at like giant, giant functions, I'm like, nope. I can, I literally failed
4: algebra one twice. No, that that's the thing. That the the code is on my GitHub page for this one for the uh, for the SIM card uh, stuff that I'm talking about, and it's not complex. I mean, I mean it's really not complex. It consists of like, I don't know, six, four cycles uh, plus some XOR. So the thing is that like, okay, like I could I could code it, I could verify it that it actually does what it does, and uh, but don't listen to me. This code, this very code that I posted, ended up at free radius, and they are using it. They also they also ported it in Osmocom. So basically, like my code ended up in libosmocom as well. And it needs to be working because they guys are like really hardcore and they know what they are doing. So if they are using my code, then most likely it's proven to be working. Now, the question is like, how secure is this algorithm? And I, ca- I can put my two cents on it, it's not really secure. And one of the reasons why I can say it without being a, a master cryptographer or whatnot is that the version two. And the version three of this pro- uh, of this algorithm only differs in one step, and that one step is in version two they are basically having the I think eight bytes or whatever I don't know the byte length uh, output of this algorithm and they just null out the last two
1: bytes I mean uh, I mean what is the what, what is this what is the added security
4: value of like having having ten bytes or eight bytes or whatnot and just flipping the last two bytes to zero? Yeah, that doesn't make I mean, much sense.
1: If it, if
2: you always know it's zero, then it's actually an article it gives it away. It's like, hey, yes, now I know what it exactly.
4: is. <laughs> exactly. I mean I mean that is that is the only reason why the implementer gave came up it, because like countries that are using the version three. They are like much more protected because they have much more entropy on the on the output. And these two bits are, uh, I mean, sorry, these two bytes are actually for the um, uh, for the encryption part of the output, not for the challenge, uh, not for the not for the authentication part. Because I, I told you that like it outputs like sixteen bytes, like I cannot even remember my own implementation and like eight bytes are, are sent back to the to the base station to authenticate that yes it is you so the sim card in your phone is actually what it tells and the the other half that gets nulled at the end goes to the encryption so this is how they are protecting your voice call your voice messages so have you um
2: so you mentioned uh open bts before have you used uh, some of the uh, newer implementations of the base stations. Uh, sorry, I I don't understand the question. Sorry, so you uh, you you mentioned that you were using Open BTS when you were building base stations previously. Um, uh, well, I, I did it a few times. It's not that. Yes. Yeah. There's just uh, I I mean I haven't uh, you like so. Uh, I used OpenBTS a while ago and it was a real pain to get working. But I've seen recently oh. newer guides, and there's a few people around who um, I've seen were able to get uh, like uh, handsets to uh, like uh, associate with the uh, station and then actually get, um, you know, listen in on calls oh. on uh, 3G as well. So I've, I've seen that. Um, I like, okay. Done,
4: but I haven't actually done it myself. Okay, it was years ago. Last time when I did Open BTS, uh, I managed to associate my uh, test phones with the with the BTS itself. I also like managed to get Asterix uh, running for the for the call level connections, yeah. uh, which is which is a much bigger pain in the ass, I think, than OpenBSD. Uh, I mean, a- sorry, Open, and... B- Open BTS is in general, pain in the ass, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so, and they were working, and, and I managed to like phone one of the test phones up showing that I'm 9 11. And uh, it would show on the phone that you are actually receiving a call from the emergency number, uh, yeah. which is like usually, usually not, uh, not the case as I understand. Uh, yeah.
2: I was uh, sitting at a con and my friend pulls out his uh, base station and turns it on um, and says, uh, associate to this network, I associate, and then it sms me with a number and uh, he called me then on that number from one of his test phones and uh, yeah. intercepted the call at the same time and I was like, dude, how'd you
4: do that? And he's like, ha!" I was yeah. like, uh, I've got to do this I mean- now. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that they are like Open BTS is trying to become as user friendly as possible. So, I mean, I find it as a cool hack. Not nowadays. I mean, making it uh, that is something. I mean, using it nowadays is like okay. I mean, it's a cool trick, and obviously, it shows that uh, that this whole like mobile network stuff needs uh, a serious security revamp, revamping. But mm-hmm. other than that, well, OK. I mean, we have that. Um, life goes on, I guess, till, till my OTP keys are getting stolen because of one shithead. So. <laughs>
0: hey, actually, um, I just noticed you're here. Do you want to tell us real quick about what you just posted on Twitter?
1: Uh, so, sorry, I was like completely blacked out for a second. Oh yeah, sorry. I was, I was trying to talk, get
0: uh, Four Octets' attention. He had uh, posted something on Twitter, and I told him to come on chat.
1: Uh, yes, okay. I, I want to so, hear
4: all
0: about that.
1: Okay.
4: Uh, hi. Uh, I don't really know who you are. The guys here oh. tell me that, like, you know about cryptography. No, 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 no. no. This was uh, this was somebody
0: who had posted. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. talking a little too fast. Maybe um, yeah. I uh, Four Octets. Just joined our stream channel and I asked him if he could explain the project he just shared. Oh, okay. Sure, (laughs) sure, sure, sure. sure. Sorry about having having microphone (laughs) problems. Um, But yeah, hopefully, let me see if I can. Any
3: muting? Nope.
7: Four. That said, uh, while we wait for him, um, I was mentioning this in voiceless voice, but your your search for somebody (laughs) else who can kind of help augment. some of your own skills for a project—that's uh, that, an issue I've recently had. I think it would be a, an amazing idea to create some sort of platform where uh, people can search for, you know, project project partners on on a lot of things. Whether we want to go the uh, the grinder direction or not is a different story. But uh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: sorry, what? What what? I, like this is yeah, this is a cool idea,
4: and I thought like. Uh, at first glance, that Twitter would be the best place to do this. Uh, before knowing, of course, anything about TechRad. Uh but like it turns out that like everything, like no matter who you are trying to reach out to, like if you don't have a name, if, the, if they don't know you, you are most likely not getting any feedback, and all your efforts are in vain. Yep. And like the, the the platform, I mean, I mean, uh, a platform such as this would be awesome, but the same same obstacle would be still present? Like, how do you know if I can trust a guy that wants to work together with me? like does he have the does he actually have the skills that I
7: need, or th- do I have the skills that he needs? Oh, definitely. that that would be a later stage. my issue. literally been finding people with with the skills who are interested. I mean me myself, you know I've, of course, looking for individuals with a specific skill set for a specific project, but I've got a different set of skill sets, and um would certainly kind of advertise it out there as um, something that I'm interested in sharing with uh, other people with potential projects.
2: I think as well, um, just on that, like it's not only if you have the skills or not. I find that uh, when we're on IRC or if we're on, you know, Discord and stuff, there's a level of vetting that comes with, like, okay. I wanna do this thing that's security related, but this person who wants to help me is like kind of sketchy. Yeah. And I you know, I'm trying to be <laughs> legitimate and do this. And I you know, I don't mind if someone's sketchy on their own time, but not as part of my project, please. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. You
2: know, um go do your own dirt, like that's I don't I don't need your dirt having anything to do with me me, thanks.
7: Very <laughs> true. I don't know how to solve that.
1: Um. Well, on, once again. look at voice. I'm um,
0: trying to get far Hey, hey, how you doing? Um. So actually, I wanted to say real quick, uh, um, DnZ, that there, like the thing that we were talking about earlier—people posting screenshots of errors in code without explaining <laughs> what the error is and having us solve it—we all know what we're talking about. That <laughs> is the sketchiest fucking thing. If you ever come to our Discord you have to explain what you're trying to do because you can't just be like, oh, this uh, this weird obfuscated C, uh, you know, what's wrong with it? Why is this, uh, what is Visual Studio telling me? And if you can't figure it out on your own, you can't walk us through it in your thought process, then yeah, that's definitely a red flag. What Sorry, I
4: thought was wasn't really wasn't funny... It Visual Basic? Wait, what? It, it was C-Sharp. It sharp. Visual Basic? Oh, it was C-Sharp. Okay, then we'll yeah. talk
2: yeah yeah and, and i said to the guy i was like uh what like he said something about obfuscation this and that i was like well, what do you know about sil and like i like i'm no master but he was like uh some shit language blah, blah 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 and i was like okay that's how i knock out your shitty like protections or whatever.
0: right yeah no it's it's very very strange um but yeah so definitely want to match up people more. And if you do have people, if you have certain skills and you want to work on a project but don't know where to go, definitely uh, come to our Discord. Um, we have posted the link again. I just posted it earlier in the chat, but I will post it again. Um, so yeah, we do all, like, I'm actually really surprised. Actually, ScaleSec, when the first time that I actually even really talked to you was when we were trying to figure out what was up with those, like, leaky nodes and you would just in like a few like hours i just come up with like an entire way to like parse it like like all this data that was outputting from random you know streams and you're just i was like what like you just came up with a client to like interact with stuff like that was a lot of data too like a lot if anyone didn't
2: see it that was a shitload of data pumping out
0: yeah um but the fact that you just came in and just like oh yeah here i just wrote this in python it's a client that can handle multiple streams is threaded it's like you know I'm like what the like what so yeah it yeah I like mean, they, four octets is up yes yeah, so four octets. um i put your thing on the screen um definitely want to walk us through
8: what uh your product is so um i Kind of been watching a couple of communities lately, not not InfoSec or anything like that. It's more of a political community. I'd rather not mention their names specifically. Absolutely. But they're, they're, they, you see them around, and they're, they're generally pretty crazy. Um,
3: <laughs>
8: you can identify them by their usernames and the emojis that they use in their usernames. <laughs> uh, they operate on a level that's pretty much the equivalent of a bot. Um they use the same hashtag they use. They're very specific in what hashtags they use. So they're really, really easy to track, like sleuthing skills. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: but, but they're primarily
8: humans, right? They're not actual bots primarily? majority of them are humans. There are a few bots or it looks like bot traffic. So in um, some of them, it's just too consistent. It's a post every 30 minutes on the dot. Uh, um, yeah. So those ones are easy to weed out. There's a few others that are like, eh, this kind of looks like a bot because it tweets one an hour, but it's not at a consistent time interval, but it still looks like a bot. Um, it's going every hour. <laughs> Is it like bot-assisted uh, tweeting? Yeah, random tweeting. <laughs> but it's once an hour, every hour, for 24 hours for the last, I don't know how long. But I, yeah, I was just...
0: all... Are the tweets that they're tweeting out, are they... Political, or are they just
8: random junk? No, so it's political conspiracy theory. Um, oh, okay. Yep. We're uh, usually people calling people demons. my favorite. Yeah. So I usually stay away from politics, but I just kind of wanted <laughs> to tinker around with uh, graphistry and a few other things. And these people are pretty easy to track you can look up the hashtags that they use and just find tons of data so it's really easy to scrape the data and they use certain hashtags for specific events that they're taking part in so they're even easier to track because they time and date everything pretty much with a new hashtag um like three hashtags that are like the the main criteria like if they partake in those three hashtags they're usually part of the community. Like most other people don't use all three of them and they tweet emojis and just a bunch of garbage. It just looks like Facebook posts from a middle-aged person post, trying to post memes and stuff. Oh,
5: yep. Can you link to an example?
8: Yeah, let me, uh, let me get it. These people, um, they target people. Or when they do target people, they're really easy to track because uh, really specific hashtags for whatever the operation is that they're running. Uh, they're not really enlightened. Yeah,
0: there's definitely a lot of weird stuff. We were actually, yesterday, we were dealing with somebody who we thought it was a bot that was saying very weird shit and posting like every hour of just like retweeting stuff and, and just generally being really wild. But actually they had uh, <laughs> put the picture of what they told us.
5: Bling, bling.
0: Bling, bling, um, what was it? Yeah, they actually, <laughs> that one was amazing. They were on a, like an IBM, like it was like an IBM, promoted tweet from like over a month ago and they had like, um, yes, this is exactly it for, this is like the type of person that we were talking to yesterday. So
8: this this is, is, uh, (laughs) uh, specifically. So, so yeah, literally we got attacked by that. Contributors to it. And when they dogpile someone, they go hard and then just people start coming out of nowhere. Um, and these eight major contributors, like if you start going down their timeline, they'll just mention someone at someone, they'll use hashtags and they'll start targeting them. And then they just start getting bombarded with comments and just, it's, it's continuous. Can I share um, this tweet so in sharing. the uh, chat? Sorry, to the Twitch chat? Yep. All right. So it's getting bombarded. You have like uh, eight or nine people uh, when they all, targeting someone, the entire community seems to just go ham on it. The community elsewhere, so you'll get like small arguments here or there, but the big ones where they seem to just Twitter.
2: <laughs> there was uh this reminds me kind of like a um I think it was a show called oh, I can't remember. There was some show I was watching about uh bullying and it had these two African American women who were combating cyberbullying by uh, making these auto block lists. That if you use these like specific terms, it would autom- automatically like block you. I guess this is kind of like a little bit of the reverse. But um, they didn't realize that you know the way that you know matching fuzzy matching stuff kind of works. That you don't need to have like every variation of um, a particular you know racial slur. So they were like you know prefixing the same racial slur repeatedly making their word list to block it was like it was pretty funny but like this seems like the same level of um i don't really know how social media works but i'm just going to like spam the crap out of everything and that that's my attack
8: <laughs> some of these people are on a whole different level crazy than others like some of them are just like early st- i don't know if they're early stages into the they're i'm doing air quotes when i say movement um- they're just talking shit on Twitter. That's pretty much the only place this exists. You mean um, you
4: mean early stages of crack cocaine?
8: And they're listening to someone that talks like Sun Tzu, like a a drunk Sun Tzu. I don't know, like somebody that's talking in proverbs all the time. I don't I don't really understand what's going on most of the time. But I was just kind of interested in the targeting aspect because when they started targeting someone, I saw it go across my timeline a few days ago, and I was like people on this thread, started looking at the profiles and stuff. It's, I, I don't know. I, How many have same. you found? There's a couple million. Um, million? Yeah, million. Box. Yeah, you didn't or see that
5: map from before? Look at that shit. It's on the display now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a, the slideshow between the, the tweet and the, yeah, that's really crazy. That's a lot of effort to put
2: into that. <laughs> it was um I can't remember what the name of the library was, but there was a really good uh, library that uh, Volvent at Volvent um on on Twitter was using to. Originally, he was using it to mine for CVE data. So, like when people would start tweeting about CVE, when, when Infosec Twitter was about Infosec, um and he could like mine down to people that were like working on specific stuff um but if i could remember the name of the library i'd love to give it to you but it would give you like a, t- a sliding timeline that you could drill down into certain like hashtags and things like that that would display it in a, in a really good way i should um i'm gonna add him on your thread and ask him what the name of the library was
8: definitely not trying to figure out what these people's goals are because it doesn't really seem like there is a goal and it doesn't seem coherent at all uh <laughs> i was just time. trying to figure out like i don't necessarily i don't really believe in censorship i don't believe in people being blocked off of a platform but i do believe in people being able to block other people like people on that platform i want the i want to be able to block them mute them get rid of them
3: yeah. have
5: you seen the block list that you can share
8: so uh, can uh, there's the a few list? people that, uh I am uh, I wound up on one of those block lists, so occasionally I'll see people. I'm like, I've never interacted with this person at all. And it all started with the Jester's block list. Yeah,
5: I'm, I'm blocked by Rosie
8: O'Donnell. How about you? check slash Rosie. I'm not blocked by Rosie, though.
1: So on Blocklist, um, uh,
2: if you guys remember, there was uh, during Gamergate, which was a a, uh, a great event from all sides, and uh, anyone who was involved definitely now has some form of, like, stage 3 cancer. Um, but there was uh, the the GG Blocklist um, written by uh, Randy Harper, FreeBSD Girl, and um, there was, like, this incoherent pearl that would just go, like, oh... You're either like a sheep or a monster, or like it would like classify sort of people by if they who they followed and whatever, and then just sort of like blindly block them based on like just not wanting to hear the opinions of anyone involved. I mean, I don't want to hear the opinions of either side, but um, yeah, that was a thing. It's on, I believe, the code snippets are on Encyclopedia Dramatica. If like that's how bad they were, that's that's where they made it to,
8: yeah. I'm aware of that, and it would block all of the followers. Like, So if it blocked one person, um, you could have it block the entire person, everyone that they're followed by and everyone that they're following. Uh, and it would just cause like a daisy chain of effect to where Twitter was completely useless to you. And some people still use similar. I think we're talking about the same one. But it would literally just so if I block someone, it would take their entire, everyone that they follow, and it would block all of them as well. <laughs> Regardless Uh, if I followed
2: him. It's so crazy. Like, uh, man, like, yeah, the way that people are so, uh, they don't want to, like, I understand sometimes there's some crazy people that, like, I just block because I just don't want to see their crazy shit popping up in my feed anymore. But it takes quite a bit, you know, to go like, all right, I don't want to see this person anymore.
9: Sounds like we're getting into the whole topic of filter bubbles.
2: Yeah, like, I don't need it. Like, you, you like safe spaces, you know. Like you don't need a safe space because you need you need outside, uh, you know, stimulation to go like okay. These these other people have these ideas. Like even skids. Like you take the the most retarded skid that is making dresses and booters and doing all this stuff. Like you know, even that guy that was posting those screenshots we're talking about before, and it actually kind of gives us something to talk about and think about, and then like we move on pretty quickly but that's an idea that's now in our head for a later point where we'll you know reference it you know
9: so you guys remember when like twitter started coming out with a new terms of service and they started changing everything up to be a more profitable service and then it was like a big infosec push to move to mastodon remember you remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah mastodon for sure well, so I- mastodon is a great service and actually get it's bas- it's a forked version of, like a new social if for those who don't know and it's kind of a cool idea, Like it's like a decentralized uh, community, it's kind of like the BitTorrent of like social media and Twitter. But, but is it in <laughs> the
4: blockchain?
9: Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm talking about. It's, uh, unfortunately, it was like, literally, whoever's actually running the instance that are set up can literally just like freaking IP, uh, IP or not. I just forgot the name, IP tables away the other problem instances and more or less it's actually creating filter bubbles by creating a safe space, and that's kind of what turned me off to it, because a buddy of mine could be on one server, but uh, the admin on the other server says, fuck that server, I'm going to go ahead and block it, and then I don't have access to that buddy anymore, so I I was kind of a little turned off by that.
5: Yeah, that's why I don't use Twitter or any of that new social stuff, which is
2: basically what Mastodon is, like you said. I think with uh, Twitter, though, like... It's kind of the... It's like when you post on Twitter versus other social media, um, the the thought process in your head when you type your tweet should be like, I am broadcasting to the entire world right now. What am I typing? As opposed to any false sense of...
5: Really? Comment. Well, um, to me, well, that indicates that you, you associate yourself with... I mean, some people use Twitter for different reasons. Do you use that from your real name?
2: I don't... Well... Won't go into that, but like uh, the, t- I just mean like if I type in Twitter, I have no illusions that it's searchable. It's like it comes up. There's a tweet, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I use I use Twitter from um from my from my handle that's associated with like everything else. So,
0: well, we, it's really weird though. Like we're we're talking about actually those people um, that were sharing those links uh, and, and hashtags for octets. They were they blocked uh, the Bug Crowd Twitter for like just saying like LOL and like that literally the most arbitrary, like stupid I didn't say anything inflammatory to them. And um they they blocked it and they blocked other people too. And it's just weird to think that there's people who probably have these insanely long block lists of everybody that they disagree with and then they just never see any different opinions to them. It's not even about like, you know, the content, it's just literally like if somebody disagrees with you about something, like just saying LOL sarcastically on something, like you just block them and then you just never get to see any sort of uh, differing opinion from yourself. And a lot of people live in that kind of bubble now and it's just very, very strange to, to see that happen on the Internet. It really like makes it more difficult for people to actually have any sort of you know, reasonable communication at all. We're talking about reasonable
9: communication and Twitter in the same sentence. I just want to point out that makes me laugh a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it just if, imagine if you could do that in the real world. Like, it, it just I don't know. Most people, you know, count- a lot of people spend a lot of time on social media, so that becomes their 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 social interaction. You know, so it's
9: just. I guess you think about it. If you got like people you talk to in the real world, and it's just like they can just like walk away i mean what are they gonna what are you gonna do just like keep talking at them when they're not there but no i
2: mean that's that's on them that's true in the real world as well though like even there's a lot of people who choose to associate solely with their own closed groups um, you know whether it be for religious reasons or whether they'll be they've joined a cult or whether they you know whether it's like uh just that like a lot of the people i associate within real life are just infosec people because we share similar interests, you know, like that's just how it happens. So it's kind of, you know, people who are localized to you and and have similar ideas and you try and share more ideas, but it's, it's very different than you get, if you get someone come into the group who is from, uh, you know, somewhere totally different, like at 2600, for example, when, when the meetings used to run here quite often and quite large, it was at a bar like most 2600s and so we'd get strangers coming into the bar, and um they'd be like, "Oh, there's a lot of people in here. What's going on here tonight?" we'd be like oh it's uh it's a sailing meetup or like we're a, we're actually a um national swimming team. there's like a bunch of fat guys in black hoodies, and <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, people would be like, you know like we're swimming national swimming champions of twenty eighteen or you know, they will be like, oh what but the, the you, you'd start getting into like you know." what that person's about and then just discuss something totally, totally different. But I mean, yeah, that's, those are the occasions that, you know, stand out yeah, sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's really funny. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to see how, how social media thing, even though it's public and it's global, it's still very tribal. And it's, it's interesting to see like how people utilize that sort of tribe mob mentality um, to, to, you know so 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 like really weird seeds of discord around
9: so basically we're just coming back to the same conclusion that people are still the same regardless of technology or not right is that what i'm kind of getting at
0: yeah yeah but it's interesting to see how how it it plays out
9: i guess i think it's all the same i mean i spent a lot of time actually reading upon psychology and stuff like that that was kind of one of my focuses in college and I don't know, just kind of dealing with people, even strange people, and doing like other things at work. It's just like you kind of notice, like everyone kind of acts the same, but like with different circumstances.
1: Yeah, part of like, identity. Definitely very interesting to see, though. But yeah, I don't know. Just
0: seeing <laughs> tracking these giant uh, networks of, of, you know, Twitter bots is, is interesting too. Because it, I mean, regardless of whether or not it's it's something that you want to see it all still looks the same. It all like the communication still comes from in the same format, which I think is what's interesting about seeing this kind of stuff on social media. It's because like if you see an ad versus you see a bot versus you see your friend posting something, it all looks exactly uniform. Um, it's in the same format rather than if you're talking to somebody in real life, if you hear like the Alexa voice go off, and start reading you something to say something that your friend would say or like you know say something conversationally to try to get you to think some way it's completely different you know you're just you're reading um does that make any sense yes yeah, yeah. So yeah like i was so, uh, oh sorry read me go ahead. go
6: ahead i was just i was just thinking like a lot of these tweets are so fucking incoherent and stupid that it completely destroys the the turing test because, like, if you look at something like that—that uh, that post up on the screen, like, yeah, you know, that's that's probably a real human, and a bot can easily say that exact same shit, and you've got no way of telling.
5: You think that's a person?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I think a lot of them are people, and
2: they just want attention. It looks like Mako chains to me.
1: Yeah, see, it, see. It, it looks like. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. You, you go
4: on. It, it looks like it looks like some Russian state sponsored fucked up a- AI trying to do some shit.
8: Thought about that too. Like a lot of the stuff, most or majority of it is incoherent, just garbage. It doesn't make any sense what they're saying. They're just using random hashtags. They're uh, enlightened if they are real humans. Like they're more aware of their surroundings and what the government's doing than anyone else. And just all this I other know, stuff. I believe you mean work AF. <laughs> uh, so these people are uh, woke. Um, well, conspiracy ter- serious AI. Cool. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, the
5: juxtaposition of MAGA and Brexit, I mean, it's kind of odd. Odd combo.
2: I think it's interesting as well because we're we're looking at this from our perspective. Um, for you're obviously able to identify this to build a graph and follow these groups of people, um, knowing you know what you know and from from your perspective and experience, right? But say I'm a, I am the middle aged type person um, that isn't down with the the hip social media. Um, I might be dumb enough to start seeing some of this stuff and clicking on it, you know.
8: And that's the majority of what it is. The few people that, look, or well, the the people that are using avatars and stuff that seem to have real human behavior, they're only posting like after 5:30 because that's probably when they get off work, and they only tweet for about two hours. They talk about their family not being on the same ship as they are of being enlightened, and all hashtags and garbage. There is some coherent stuff, and then it just goes right back to incoherent hashtags.
0: Now, Four have you seen, have you like Googled any of the, um, like, or, or just searched any of the exact tweets and seeing if there are any duplicates anywhere?
8: It's a big thing that I was doing. Um, there is a lot of duplicates between these people. And it, uh, some of it is not, uh, the reason it's so prevalent in the graph is because of how much it was shared. So going over each individual person that shared it to, like, yeah. is this just a retweet bot? Did somebody pay for retweets? Um, and then that 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 all those retweets when something has 10,000 retweets or 5,000 retweets and it's completely psychotic uh, I this is scary to say but numbers add credibility to things so if 10,000 people retweeted this and I'm just sitting in some somewhere in the midwest and I have nothing to do except for stare at a cornfield anywhere it, it doesn't matter anywhere but you just I don't know numbers add credibility so you see enough people retweeting and you're like if 10,000 people believe this Or this looks like an endorsement to me. Person that I trust.
4: Were you thinking on reporting this to Twitter? By the way, because they really like to dig into bots and shit, as I heard.
8: Majority of these are not bots. I have looked up. I found a lot of bots with similar graphs and stuff like that. Not as large as nowhere near as large as this. But a lot of these are people. It's just continuously vacuuming in people. They're like they were teetering on the edge of being. Uh, conspiracy theorists pushing them over the edge. Uh, <laughs> mm. So, so, so it's like read? a mess
4: psychosis or something
8: like that you say? I honestly wouldn't... I, I don't know anything about psychology, but this feels like it would be <laughs> something like that. I, it, it's, it's kind of terrifying to sit there and watch middle-aged people.
0: Yeah, no, I mean... People get fed this kind of propaganda, and I think what's was interesting to see is like it's like memetics. It's it's the same as as you know we say woke AF. That's because that's something that that's a term that we know and we've learned from other people on social media, and so seeing that kind of stuff, this sort of like you know must read great thread like like MAGA now like people who see are exposed to that and they're in their circles get suggested more and more content that is formatted that same way, they might think that, you know, people who are newer to social media or are only using social media because they feel like so strongly about politics or, you know, world events, you know, those people might be surrounded by that and then think that's the acceptable way to communicate. Because if you see sort of the signaling that, that comes from, you know, tons of different really specialized, uh, like niche, like subculture groups online, you see that sometimes the way that they talk is completely incoherent from our perspective, but then it makes perfect sense to them inside of there, inside of their own little uh, circle. And so it's interesting to see that the sort of same like verbiage, you know, whether it be bots and, and Markov chains or it be humans, either way, they're all still identifying and and understanding this like level of code. You know, it's the same with like the all right stuff too. There's so many really, really nested memes that don't make any sense to people unless you actually understand what the meaning is behind it. But you see it enough and then you might emulate it without getting the actual uh, understanding of the meaning and then it just is also a part of it. Like the three uh, the three parentheses around the name, I see that all over the place for people who are not anything uh, they're not associated with the
9: alt-right. So like, like programmers making like mass strings sorry you just said three street
0: francis and i'm like oh that's a that's a mass string <laughs> well that, that one's like uh what is it called it's like a like a death threat kind of thing or like a, a negative thing around someone's name
8: the the there used to be an extension for chrome and it got ripped out of the chrome store and that like that was like one of the i don't wouldn't say a big starting point for anything but it was like a huge it was one of the first huge shitfests that i'd seen online for that specific thing for like the doing air quotes when I say alt-right or whatever it was, but this extension identified people with uh, Jewish heritage mm-hmm. and it would automatically put three brackets around your name. Yeah. And it would identify like a last name. So if a reporter had a Jewish last name, it would throw the three brackets around by default and it was just a Chrome extension. Chrome got rid of it. A bunch of people shit themselves and they were just screaming like, I'm being oppressed.
1: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, I mean, that's pretty you're fucked thinking.
2: up. like you know. I, f- I feel that's, uh, who has, like, who's thought of writing that and why did they release it? I don't, I don't know. Oh believe,
8: oh, believe me.
4: Oh, believe me. I know a few guys who are most likely writing. That's, uh, Jesus. Yeah. It's conspiracy, man.
9: Freaking Google hates the Jews. They're, they're preparing for the freaking World War Three already.
8: No, no. They removed the extension because it pointed out, um, Jewish people. And the, the, the extension violated the terms of service of Google anyways, because it was of what it was meant for and like the description of it. Oh, put maliciously that's to identify stuff. Jewish people. <laughs> so like if, that, if again, this really is recognition I
9: think. Oh, I guess. you. OK, I thought Google did it by accident.
6: If this really is like a like a Markov sort of thing, uh, does that mean we could inject something into it like Flat Earth? Like Q, the Flat Earth, Great Awakening, and it would start picking that up too. <laughs> be
8: pretty funny. You you probably could yeah you could probably like impact these graphs like a huge amount in a short period of time because they all these people just look for the hashtag. So if you're using the primary hashtag and you start adding your own in, and you start flooding from a few different places, um, or commenting on their threads, um, specifically target them and comment on there like look at this like let's get enlightened together <laughs> uh, I'd be careful with that because they're just going to turn that hashtag into something else
2: no that's that's fine as long as uh, we get all the publicity and we we get a whole bunch of conspirators listening that'd be sweet we'll drop stuff like um, you know like declassified documents on uh, old hacker tools and people will just like skit out like, <laughs> well, carnival? what is this <laughs> Like this is terrible. We're gonna we're getting the spied on by the government.
0: I can't believe like, we're gonna put the clipper chip in the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is uh yep. Yeah. yeah, welcome to uh a couple of decades ago. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, this is this is really interesting stuff, um, for Octet. I'm glad that you you tracked this and were able to sh- to share it. This is
5: interesting. Yeah, I think it's cool.
4: Yep. Suck them up.
8: The simplest way to do this, like if somebody doesn't have a lot of experience with like Graphistry or something, something that's nearly identical that can be downloaded and is literally just plug and play. All you need is Twitter API keys, but that takes like 10 seconds to uh, set up on, I think it's app.twitter. Um, it's called uh, Gephi, um, Of so course, you can automatically pull straight into Gephi and do the graphing there. Graphy is a little, or Graphistry Uh, is a little bit more optimized,
2: um, but. Yeah, not Dan mentioned actually uh, on Twitter a couple, last week maybe, that uh, Twitter API keys like totally bypass MFA and other stuff as well. I thought that was pretty funny, just as a side note. So So,
0: make another account. (laughs) But so Horakas, how did you actually go about collecting this information in these, these chains?
8: Started with uh, the specific hashtags, um, and I started pulling the remainder of the data, like uh, retweets, likes, and that's difficult to do too because I don't know how many of these accounts are private. It doesn't seem like very many of them are private accounts. Uh, however, many likes is on one of these tweets is you can see all the people that liked the tweet uh, with through the API, like you can grab the list of people that liked it, because these people mm-hmm. like to be very public and retweet and. Nobody can see them if they're private.
6: <laughs> yeah, are you, are you using How like uh, like Tweepy in the end or is some other library to hit the API?
8: Tweepy, and then I was also using uh, is it Twint? T w i n t. So you don't need uh, API keys to scrape with. I think it's called Twint. Uh, let me look it up.
6: Um, I know uh, XOR XOR Z has a cool uh, tool for sort of Twitter analytics where you can. You can plug in a username, and it'll pull a history on that user and say like what uh, what times of day they tweet, like sort of uh, who they follow, uh, some some cool info. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that
2: before. I'll see if I can find a link for that too. That kind of reminds me of like Please Rub Me, which was the uh, that website that showed uh, when people weren't tweeting from where they normally tweet from, so it was assuming that they weren't at home. So come and rob me. Yeah,
8: I won't be home from the third to the sixth.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm out of office overseas. Come get me.
6: I mean, the Twitter API is really fun to play with. Um, you can uh, geofence an area uh, pretty easily. And just and just look at the tweets that are coming out of like a specific state, you know, and filter it down with uh, with Tweepy to really, pretty pretty easily target a specific group of people that maybe you want to interact with.
8: Tweepy is pretty. Easy. So I think. A few scripts. It's, it's it's pretty common is the a, a, a fork of Tweepy, but I don't, I'm do not i not entirely sure. I haven't gone through it, but you don't need API keys for it, uh, and it has no limits, no restrictions, so you can search uh, back to, like, 2009 if you wanted to with it. And I like it because you can build out, like, CSVs and things like that really quickly with it, and that, that location thing that you were talking about, I used that in Twent uh, when the whole Syria thing was going on just to keep track of what was going on when airstrikes and stuff because it was hard to filter out. Uh, That's pretty coming from Syria and what was somebody was typing and saying that they saw it, because a lot of the people had the location data on so you could actually pull uh, tweets from people in those locations to see what was going on like actual footage and
4: you could just say that like it was hard to filter out the Russian we understand
8: everything uh, is fine yeah. nothing is going on
4: <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, we are not even there just like in uh Crime here, whatever. So I have a question for you, four of that. uh Like, how much time? How much time did it actually take to get the data? Like you say, everything has been set up. Because I'm asking this because I was writing back at the early days at Twitter. I was writing my own like uh, scraper bot, and yeah, I got rate limited pretty pretty quickly.
8: Due to the size of the community, it's pretty easy to get large data sets in a quick time. Like the one graph that I have up now is a filtered graph from the last four hours. And then I have one from for the last three days as well. And that data is a little bit more difficult because the program is Java, so it just eats a shit ton of memory. One program is Java. Can, the can, you,
1: explain, can
6: you explain yeah, uh, I mean, those those points on the out, on the outside of the graph? like does that does that represent like one account that is is putting out something that gets that that gets retweeted a lot or like what are those what are those points on the outside represent
8: Outside points are an individual account um and they're a main contributor to the hashtag to a specific hashtag so the blue tweets uh or the blue lines going to the center of the graph or going to a green dot, which is a hashtag. So pretty much everybody on that board all has something to do with that green dot in the center or multiple green dots in the center, which one of them uh, are, are the hashtags. So those main people are the contributors to them. And then all the dots with the pink lines are the people retweeting it to all of their friends. Uh, it, the Pink indicates a tweet or a comment on something that has that hashtag. Uh, or, but they have to comment with the hashtag. Which they do. They're just it. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if it was a majority of bots.
6: So it seems like the the pink the retweets would probably be, be more likely to be the bots
8: then. And it would be funny if like the eight people were like bot masters. <laughs> um,
4: Super paranoid bot masters.
8: I think a lot of this stuff started as a prank on 4chan and. I know how people get when they start uh, trolling for long periods of time, what they're saying. Or when you're in, around a, an entire community of people that's trolling, like doing, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. You have an entire community of people that's doing out doing sketchy shit or saying sketchy shit, but no, nobody believes it. But you actually have people outside of the community seeing your community, trolling other people with that stuff. Because you know that it's offensive. You know that it's, it's not cool. But it's funny to get a reaction out of people, but you have other people outside of your community seeing your community doing this shit, but they believe that stuff, and they, they, they genuinely believe that stuff. So they come into your community and start contributing to it, not realizing that a majority of the people are trolling. So then you start accumulating more people that actually believe in the, what you're trolling with, and it's, uh, you kind of get a mixture of bad cesspool real quick. Yeah, well, I mean, that,
4: isn't that, this that, how religion starts? But didn't you say there were
5: indicators of automation like you know some time series information and that they were all behaving you know in sync with one another doing these of uh, a few that of the there
8: were, um those ones were like every hour it was tweeting but there wasn't enough of them like it was a really small percentage of what i have right now i was just using like basic time correlation like okay this thing's tweeting every 30 minutes uh 30 minutes, thirty minutes, thirty minutes. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. So there wasn't enough of those. This is this is the this stuff falls under like the human like um criteria. Which I mean you could easily write a random randomly tweet so it doesn't fall into every 30 minutes. So these people are I don't know what they're using. I don't know if they're uh, the ones that I'm ninety nine percent sure are bots, I don't know what they're using to do that. If they're using like scheduled tweets or Uh, because the majority of them don't post their own content. It's just retweeting other people's content.
2: I mean, it's pretty interesting. Um, We see this a lot in, like, hacker communities with, uh, like, skid follow-ons as well. Like, you know, you get a couple, you get a little bit of good content and you get, like, a whole bunch of followers, which I'm surprised hasn't really happened to Thug Crowd yet. But um, once you get that, that hook, like the people who know less but want to believe start to join. So, you're saying we should start a disinformation campaign? We can no, start. Not, not necessarily disinformation. <laughs> I'm just saying there's any, any information. But if you want to start a disinformation campaign, I'm sure we could think of something pretty sweet.
1: Like, you <laughs> know, like Tupac isn't dead or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's one of us.
2: Yeah, like Hitler moved to Argentina after, 19, you know, after 1945
0: or
8: whatever. He's been chilling there ever since.
2: Yeah, you can tell because he did shave
0: his mustache. We should we should tell everyone. No, we should, uh, what was it before, people were talking about before? Getting people to just learn Pascal. <laughs> yeah, Pascal is the hot new thing.
2: <laughs> Erlang is about to overtake Node.js. You idiots. <laughs> All right. Yes,
0: we've <laughs> figured out our hashtags. Now we move. But um, yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for sharing this with us, Farah, uh, because this is like really cool stuff. And I think that the more people kind of get exposed to being able to track this kind of thing, the better it'll be for people overall to see it. Because I mean, if you see this kind of stuff, you realize like a massive scale that this is happening, and this is nothing like that isn't happening at other places by other people for other reasons too. And there's there's it's it's really like. Just interesting to see how it actually plays out
8: so great tips for us. the only reason I'm able to do this is uh, because of a guy named Daniel Gallagher on Twitter he does a lot of graphing stuff and a lot of hunting so he showed me how to do a lot of this graphing stuff so I definitely have him to thank for stuff I had an interest in it before I just just trying to figure out how to put all the parts together was kind of difficult because I was like, okay this is nothing that was ever working. <laughs> Oh, that that sense, sense. graphing it out and making it a coherent graph or something that makes sense it's just like a bunch of dots on a screen i'm like okay but how do these correlate with each other
1: yeah
5: i, I, I heard arling is, right? is really good for that
1: wait Sorry, what did jim jim go
5: ahead i heard arling is, is good for that like making graphs of large large data sets one
2: self-harm is good too but no is it <laughs> R? right I've,
3: I've never i never actually uh, uh, used it like
0: like oh <laughs> no all right
4: did yeah you and this is the link too
6: i was i was just gonna say that uh daniel gallagher and uh hex hex waxwing um yeah, absolutely. you can look up their uh uh talk that they did where they mapped out the uh infosec community, and they've got the elite, uh, the elite list stuff. It's all, it's all really interesting.
2: So this is a pretty cool example as well of, uh, so mapping out communities and networks and, and the impact that they may, like, you know, the reach that they have across a social media platform. And uh, I guess if you were, you know, if you had a lot more money and resources, you could probably have a lot more reach and influence uh in things like elections Uh, let's get into conspiracy theories let's not Uh, (laughs) sorry (laughs) so uh what i was saying about
6: uh, geofencing before uh the reason i was talking about it because i had this idea of uh and i got into it too late um because twitter was already starting to crack down on the bots but uh with geofencing, you can, you can pretty easily uh, have one account per state that targets a, a certain uh, a certain kind of uh, person, and and then literally just put out put out a tweet or put out some info and just have it retweeted to all fifty states to all fifty of your bots, you know, and it would be pretty difficult to to figure out that that would like what was happening
1: there. But you could talk to literally all of America at once by doing something like that. And uh yeah, but Twitter's was kind of cracking down on bots. Obviously uh
6: there's people that are more successful than than I was,
3: obviously.
8: So what uh, Daniel Gallagher and Hex Waxwing did is, like, way, way more complicated than what I did because the community that I targeted – or not targeted, I didn't do anything to them, and I'm not doing, going to do anything to them other than just watch them, like, ants at an ant farm. Um, Whoa way more complicated because none of the people that they were watching followed any certain pattern a majority of people that they followed ship posts they don't they don't stick to like hashtag criteria like if i'm going to tweet about infosec i use an infosec hashtag if i'm ship posting i use a shit post hashtag so they had to use a huge amount of data i'm not entirely sure how they did all of it but uh way more complex like but what you were saying about the geofencing thing too and uh political conspiracy theories i really don't I, I don't know how any of that stuff works i don't know what nation states work or anything like that <laughs> but i don't feel like it, that, that it would be that hard um just from seeing my own family members and the stuff that they used to share on facebook to get people to start following something and to spread it like a wildfire
6: um, yeah so i mean my, my thoughts were i mean you can so you can take like a state for example and geofence the state and just and when you're monitoring the API, there's a massive amount of data, right? So you just start looking for certain hashtags. And and your bot could really just retweet other people with those hashtags and also maybe say something like awesome and like it. And you just do and you just do it on like a like a roll of the dice, like you know, one out of every hundred times it likes something, one out of every two hundred times it retweets something. And that that bot will start getting followers because those people that it likes and retweets and comments on will say, "Hey, this is a person like me." And in theory, you could do that for all the different, all all you know. You, you get you get what I'm saying. So, the bot would get its own followers just by by being what people want, which is reinforcement. You know, like here's a person who likes my content. Here's someone like me and all those all those people then gravitate to your account and you've got a bunch of them and then now now you have you know it's a
2: twitter botnet essentially i think Um, that as well like what so a lot of popular social media people which i couldn't even name one off the top of my head but uh Like those people, like the people that I see that are like YouTube famous for just like live streaming bullshit, Um, you know, they don't seem to have any real substance. It's more just that uh, other people want to be like them. They have the same kind of interests and they post a lot. And then I think there's an element of luck involved as well that they get noticed or whatever. So, like, a lot of people, like, I think it was Faith saying that um, his, uh, I don't know, relatives of some kind, like they they were younger and like their dream was to be, like their goal in life was to be like famous on YouTube or something. And it's like, <laughs> what? But how, how do you actually do that? So like, we're talking about like building bots and building social networks and stuff like that um, based on like reinforcement of other people's ideas, you know, like psychological stuff that I'm not, you know, a master of it uh, by any means, but maybe, um, yeah, maybe there's a bit of luck involved. I think there as well, and and consistency that's required, and I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of things that come into actually making it successful. I think.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely true. People can like buy their own sort of like thing now to just make their own brand
0: for themselves and be. You know, whatever. It's just weird to think that it's just it's all completely gameable. There's nothing that's really you don't have to make anything that has any substance or is real.
1: How to build your brand by being you. Yeah, actually, this thing is crazy.
0: If anybody wants to really just kind of uh, just look in the face of the sort of hollow future that social media is going to, uh, you know, ensure. Um, it's this magazine here that's all about like just telling like kids the, to just monetize themselves pretty much in every possible way, which is like I don't even know. It's something that I I just.
2: You well, know, you I, I know that one of your uh, current favorite
0: rappers is actually Woe Vicky. She's <laughs> not really much of a rapper. I mean, talking about Bad Baby, you know, that's another story, but. Oh, bad yeah, baby, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Vicky is a little, little too crazy. Yeah, she definitely, there's a lot of people that do that kind of thing, but, I mean, she actually offered something to the world, which was being a shithead on Dr. Phil. Some people now are just like, oh, I'm just a kid, and, you know, what's up, guys? Like, hey, YouTube, it's me. Just got out of, like, third grade. Like, I'm tell somebody, to tell you something. It's like you know, 10 busy steps
6: know. to becoming a cam girl. Is that what this magazine's all about?
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, it's just, it's very strange. But I mean, I don't know, it makes it makes sense that this would be a logical, you know, end to a lot of the stuff. But it is interesting to see how society kind of interprets all this stuff, because everybody now is online. Like, everybody.
1: There's very few people that aren't.
2: I mean, I've definitely seen a YouTube channel where a kid, like, uh, gives reviews of different Cheetos and shit. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> You know, definitely like I don't know, freshman or whatever. Like, so there's
0: you younger kids, ones I've seen. We've seen ones like uh, Herman and I. If looked up some stuff like uh, how to be popular with third grade, and there's like kids that just give tutorials on like how to be popular, like in whatever grade, and it's just like weird to see they all kind of emulate the same way that YouTubers talk. Like, hey guys, like don't forget to like and subscribe. It's Just literally that, and they just have a, their phone with no like they have a really loud. Um intros they like found from like some app that like they made. Um, yeah, actually, hey guys, don't forget to like and
3: subscribe.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah like, that. like and subscribe. Yeah, it, <laughs> five minute intros. <laughs> They're just like very, very overproduced, like some really loud dubstep too. But yeah, um, um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that shit. is crazy. I was
2: watching a, a show on uh, Normal People television the other night on um, child prodigies like making making child prodigies. and there was um, one of the kids was like this, uh, this, this young girl who was a piano player and you know she sounded very much like she loved playing piano, but behind the door you could tell that she was really just trying to make her mum happy. And then, um, there was another kid who went and met with the prime minister of Australia to talk about certain renewable energy, um, options. And they showed the interview, like where he went in with his parents and like, this kid's like a, like he's a little kid, like he's a kid, right? Like a, like an eight year old, 10 year old, something I don't know, young kid. And he goes to meet with the president and he's trying to, he's using big words and he's talking about, um, you know, hydroelectric, geothermal, like, all these different types of energy production, like, renewable energy production, and you can just tell that this kid is parroting, like, what he's been taught by someone else. This is not, like, clearly he has, he doesn't truly understand, you know, the topics that he's discussing, but it made for pretty good TV. Um, yeah. That's
1: this like, is sad.
0: That's like Lil Tay. Lil Tay was, was encouraged by her, like, by- Brother and her her mom to just like make an Instagram where she just had a bunch of money and was sitting in like Ferraris and like yelling at everybody and having like a money phone and and just like literally was getting exploited by their by her family and they only like what it is it's exploitation yeah people like can game the internet and be like oh hey let's just like you know pay a couple thousand dollars to buy a bunch of followers and buy a bunch of sponsored posts and just you know have some like really elaborate like uh, set you know, in like some rented house and just make a channel, you know, and then you start off
1: that and then just monetize. It's literally like, it's a formula at this point. It's like pop music, man. Yep. Yeah. But
0: um, we're getting a little over time. This kind of gets into something that we just had suggested though for a uh, topic for the end of the month, um, which is going to be on um, like, like how hackers raise their kids and talking about these sort of things of like uh you know privacy and teaching your kid the right things about you know going online and stuff and we had a couple of parents in here that definitely wanted to uh have them share their experiences and their plans for the future and their hopes and stuff so oh man
2: man yeah. i can't wait to hear about craze's uh shit and piss stories changing
0: nappies <laughs> <laughs> he better be on for that episode i swear Absolutely. Yeah. No. I definitely think though it's something for that would be really interesting for a lot of people. We'll we'll definitely hash it out a little bit better. But that was an idea that we had of of um, talking about um, you know how people who are more security aware actually raise their kids and who know about this shit that we're talking about. You know, because a lot of parents don't. They don't know about like the weird like monetization, weird like just little kids doing adult stuff online kind of thing. That's now just like everywhere. It's like not just a few kids. It's,
7: everybody.
2: So, hey, so yeah. uh we actually have a couple of interesting shows coming up. Um for our main show, did you want to oh, Yeah. Shout those so, out?
0: next week, yeah. So, yeah, we're getting off in a second, but next week we're going to have um there two days and on Tuesday we're going to have uh the um, founder of technic.io to talk to us about the challenges of uh, you know, hosting an anonymous uh hosting platform um, with all sorts of different services and the sort of a uh, you know, infrastructural, legal, and other kind of challenges that he runs into. So I'm really excited to hear what he has to say about the state of the Internet as a whole. Um, the week after that, uh, we're going to have Casey um, Ellis, I believe, from a bug crowd to talk about bug bounties. Um, it's kind of the towel of bug bounties. We'll get into what they actually are, what you can do. Maybe have some people asking questions about specific programs or you know, the little things he wanted to ask but have never really known where to ask them. Uh, and then the week after that, we're going to have uh, it, Mainframe D, Soldier of Fortran, come on to talk about mainframe hacking, which I'm really excited
1: about because that guy knows a lot about mainframes. Yeah, I wanted to go to one of his trainings. It's just, yeah. like, I couldn't find the time.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I was walking, watching some of his talks and they're really, really interesting. And uh can't wait to, like, hear what he has to say about mainframe hacking in general
9: dude take a look at his tool sets man it's like a fucking trip in memory lane if you're ever into like computer history and stuff like that a lot Mm -hmm, of those tools are still alive and well and it's kind of fun because he actually has a few like screen cap tools you Mm -hmm. can actually just like do like a simple Snowden shirt or a search and go like oh hey that's kind of neat then you can go get the splash out it's like just pretty much get the feel like you're in the 70s or something
0: yeah, no, it's crazy, because, I mean, there's people that are maintaining, you know, mainframe software that was put up in the 70s, and they just have to build around it, and they have no idea what it does. They have no idea how to patch it. They just have to literally build around stuff, and it's just, yeah, it's crazy to see that the state of what it actually is like, because there's programs written on mainframes in COBOL that literally nobody knows how they work, and they just yeah. are afraid to unplug, pull the plug on it, because they'll just destroy their okay. business.
2: I'd like Actually, to point out a uh, DEFCON three years, two years ago, three two years ago I think, where uh, Delta's mainframes um, went down and there was no aircraft in the sky and I had to sleep in McCarran Airport for like two and a half days and. that's yeah, it, it was the extremely terrible end to a DEFCON. So. Yeah.
9: I guess you can always mention how AWS instances are coming up with mainframes. I haven't really looked at them at all, but they're already kind of starting to move a lot of stuff to cloud services.
0: Yeah, you could do ZOS stuff in the cloud with uh, IBM, I know, and then there's other stuff as well, other ones that have the same sort of support.
9: So I guess it could be just like if you just want to spend a few bucks, you can actually just start your own mainframe virtual instance and just kind of play around with it. Definitely, when I find time, I'm going to try that.
4: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Plus... Plus, learning about mainframes is quite profitable. So like, uh, I'm working currently in the financial business. And oh, boy, oh, boy, what type of job descriptions I'm receiving from time to time. Like, if you know COBOL, then here's a solid 750 euros a day for you. Just uh, come and fix our mainframe.
8: I made a joke about that with someone at IBM. I said, uh, I was like, I'll just learn to write COBOL, and I was being sarcastic. They're like, you'll make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you knew COBOL.
2: Yep. There's objective COBOL now, isn't there? Or is it objective FORTRAN, one or the other? Beats me.
0: No idea. But I'm going to start um, my uh, Code Academy co- COBOL tutorial right now, so we'll see you guys later. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. But all right. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Though we'll be back on Tuesday with the founder of Tech.io. Uh, his name is Uncle D something. <laughs> I forget what is his actual name or not. But that was the IRC handle. So uh, we'll be back though. Thanks everybody for listening and hanging out. Thanks to
1: all the people in the chat. And we will see you later. Bye you bye.
0: Bye.